is Hard Place, a novel by R.A. Jacobson. Listener discretion is advised, contains strong language, violence, and some adult situations. Chapter 76, Mr. June and Mr. September arrive. You can't beat me. You can't win. You don't have what it takes, the judge said as he looked down at Jacob. From behind, a shiny black 1936 Ford quietly pulled up and stopped. Its suicide door slowly opened. Mr. June and Mr. September stepped out, their long, thin legs unfolding, their black hats pulled low. Yes, but we do, Mr. June replied, smiling. Yes, we do, Mr. September agreed. You creepy fuckers! You stay out of this, Jacob said. I'm going to kill this motherfucker once and for all. Jacob rose and stalked toward the judge, murder in his heart. He prepared to lunge forward, take the judge's neck in his bare hands, and strangle the life from him. All his pent-up hatred for the life lived under this creature's thumb because of a foolish deal churned in him like black poison. Jacob, calm yourself. It's not up to you, Mr. June said. Fuck you! Jacob snapped. Mr. June, please demonstrate, Mr. September said. From his suit, Mr. June pulled out his book of records bound in black leather and flipped pages for a second. Let's see. Brandon, your contract is in arrears. Is there anything you'd like to say to Jacob? Mr. June said. Huh? Brandy looked at him, then at Jacob, confused. Not terribly eloquent, but... Mr. June smiled as he tore a page from his book. The page burst into flames, with her contract revoked. Her beauty and youth abandoned her. Brandy shrank and bent. Her eyes raced around wide and panicked as her face sagged. Her skin became gray and paper-thin, and her hair dry and dull. She stooped forward, her skeleton arm lifted shakily to reach for Jacob. Then she fell to dust that scattered across the ground. Brandy! What the fuck? Jacob raced to where she had been. Her ashes lifted and swirled in the light breeze around his legs. I am the judge. Who do you think you are? The judge's voice was full of command. I am Mr. September, and this is my colleague, Mr. June. Of course, the real question that demands an answer, the one head office would like to know, is who you are. You do look like him, but you're certainly not him, Mr. September said. Certainly not, Mr. June agreed. Head office? The authority in the judge's voice was gone, replaced with something else. Yes, old Tom is quite interested, Mr. September said. I would say he's more than a little interested. In fact, I do believe he will come up just to find out who you are, Mr. June said, smiling. Old Tom is coming up, the judge said, fear plain in his voice. What the fuck is going on? Jacob's anger rose. Mr. September turned to Jacob. Jacob, so nice to meet you again. As we informed you the other day, there are abnormalities to your contract. You are marked, but it appears to be a forgery. Yes, all of this will be addressed in the audit, Mr. June smiled at Jacob, then down at his book. What does that mean? Jacob's fist unclenched. There was a sound like a snap of a twig, and the air charged, as if just before a lightning strike. Good evening, sir. We were just discussing the contracts around here. Mr. September's smile broadened as old Tom walked up. 
a tall, thin man in a dark suit with an immaculate shirt collar open. He carried himself with an easy stride, as though he owned the world. He looked identical to the judge, or rather, the judge looked identical to him. Yet, as they stood examining one another, the differences were obvious. Old Tom was smoother, more relaxed, and confident to the point of arrogance, with a sly, cunning look in his black, shark eyes. The judge was all those things, but not to the same degree, sitting on him like an ill-fitting suit. Yes, yes. Seems to be a lot of unusual goings-on. Jacob! So nice to make your acquaintance. I feel like we're already old friends. I've heard so much about you. And your story? Extremely sad. Tragic, really. We were, Mr. September did not finish. Old Tom waved his hands. Your services are no longer required. Mr. June and Mr. September mm -hmm. sagged forward, leaving behind a cloud of black flies. He flashed a grin at Jacob, then faced the judge. But the man of the hour is... Wait, what do you call yourself? He cast about, foreigning puzzlement. Oh, yes, the judge. I like that. That's good. I may have to use that myself. The judge. Yes, it has a certain ring, doesn't it? Hmm, a little close to the other guy's name. Even so. He considered his flawless fingernails, then looked back at the judge. Well, anyway, it's been a fun ride, don't you think? Come on, Judas. Tell me, how close did you come this time? Twenty-eight, the judge said, his head down, looking beaten. Old Tom's eyebrows shot up as surprise crossed his face. Twenty-eight! Close, a splendid effort. This is the closest you've ever come, isn't it? No, wait, you did get twenty-nine coins a couple of hundred years ago, didn't you? He sighed. Okay, enough of this. His index finger swiped downward through the air, and the judge's mask slipped down to become a wisp of a face that faded, revealing the visage of an old man, stooped, with long gray hair and a beard. Isn't that better? Behind old Tom, a dark cloud of buzzing flies briefly swarmed, and Mr. February stepped up. Sir, I am Mr. February, from head office. Most of these contracts have issues. None are formatted correctly. Head office is suggesting a complete audit. Hmm. No, I don't think so. Let's leave it as it is. Most will expire naturally. With a hand on his chin, old Tom contemplated the judge. All conversations suddenly came to an abrupt halt as the world exploded when a roaring mass of white metal, glass, and chrome launched itself into the group. Jacob just had time to throw himself sideways, but the car's front tire painfully clipped his shoulder and spun him. The old man that had worn the judge's face was flung backward through Mr. February, who burst into a cloud of black flies. With an amused look on his face, old Tom turned as the car crashed into him, twisted around his body, flipped over and slammed down on its roof in the ditch. The car slid several feet, the tortured sheet metal screeching in protest. Its rear wheels spun uselessly in the air as the engine screamed, then died. It went quiet, only the tinkle of falling glass and the hiss of escaping steam from the radiator from the upside-down oles could be heard. Mary Lou stood unsteadily in the ditch from where she had been thrown, then ran to the wreck screaming, Matt! She knelt, weeping over his lifeless and torn body, half visible under the car. Mary Lou? Jacob picked himself up, trying to figure out how she could be here, looking as she had all those many years ago. Above the remnants of the white oles was a shimmer in the air as a black hole opened. 
Mr. White stepped out, massive bone wings spreading around him. Well, this is cozy. The gang's all here. What are you doing here? You have no business with us, Old Tom said, his smile slipping, sensing trouble. Old Tom, it's really nice to see you, too. My business here is with poor Matt. Matt? Yes, the young man that just interrupted you and died in such a timely manner. You have no business here. All are contracted to me now, Old Tom pronounced. Well, that's not entirely true now, is it? Poor Matt over here certainly was not, and Mary Lou, well, her contract was mine before yours. In fact, none of these contracts are yours technically. I mean, you weren't the one who harvested them. It was Judas here that did that, posing as you, true, but still. So what? You now have Matt's soul, and Mary Lou looks like she's in fine health. So? True. Matt will soon be waiting for me at the river's edge. And I agree, Mary Lou does look in fine shape. However, there is one more soul here I have come to claim. For a second, old Tom looked confused. His frown darkened as realization slowly came off his face. Oh no, he's mine. He will always be mine. He's the reason I get out of bed in the morning, so to speak. It's his pain that makes my job so sweet. Besides, he's not fulfilled his requirements of the curse, so no. Ah, the curse. Such an unfair stipulation. And you have enjoyed playing with poor Judas, haven't you? It's been 2,000 years, and I never tire of watching him struggle to collect all 30 coins. It's like a Easter egg hunt, my style. I scatter them across the world and watch as he searches. It's fucking fantastic fun. Old Tom's smile was a cruel thing. You bastard, Judas said. I'm the devil! What do you expect? Come on, Judas, admit it. You like being tortured. Like? I do not like being tortured. I just want peace. I want to die. I've paid for my betrayal, the old man screamed in rage. Oh, poor you. Get over yourself. Your very name is synonymous with betrayal. You will never be forgiven. You will never have peace. Enough of this. Let's go, Judas. It's time. Tune in next Thursday for Chapter 77, Mr. White Has a Trick Up His Sleeve. Stories from a Hard Place is a narrative podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, R.A. Jacobson presents another chapter from Hard Place, read by the author. Opening music by Noah Zachran. Production copyright by R.A. Jacobson, 2022. If you'd like to support Stories from a Hard Place, please go to patreon.com forward slash hardplace. If you would like a book version, either ebook or print, you can find it anywhere books are sold, including your local library. You can find links to all these and much more at Deadcat Studio. That's deadcatstud.io. Thanks for listening. Keep the shiny side up.